Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hello. Hello, how are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing well, doing very well. (laughs) So hang it in there. Yeah, it's an exciting day. What do we have going on today? I'm so excited. We get to talk to one of our friends that I got to meet in person at a Polycon. (laughs) If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I am Kiki Chatfield. I am the owner of the Next Step PR. And then my side hustle is event organizing. And I'm the event organizer for Authors in the Bluegrass. We're so excited. We're going to talk a little bit today about Authors in Bluegrass, which is coming up next month. And then we're going to chat a little bit more and um, love to know more about how you got started in your PR company. But we start off every special guest episode with a series of four questions. So we'll start with those. The first question is, what is your favorite standalone book? Oh, God. God put me on the spot for that one. My favorite standalone book. I'll have to go with Buried Alive, Stacey Marie Brown. It was her very first contemporary romance and it blew me away. Absolutely love, love it. That. Love that. Love that. So, and then moving on from that one, also it could be easier or more difficult depending on, depending on what you usually read, but what is your favorite series then? Well, that's easy. The Shadowland series by Stacey Marie Brown. <laughs> Yes, I am a Stacey fan. <laughs> that is amazing. I would have to agree. It's one of my top five for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Epic series. Love it. Okay. So the next question is, who is your ultimate book boyfriend? And it can be from these favorite series. Oh yeah. Warwick. God, he's sexy and oh, the phantom touches in that series where he's not physically touching and I'm not giving anything away, but just, he can just he just makes everything hot and bothered. <laughs> it doesn't hurt like who he's supposed to look like either. So No, it doesn't. Imagining literally reading that series and imagining Jason Momoa. Yeah, it was very easy to flow through that series when you have visuals. Love that. So on the flip of that, then who is your favorite book girlfriend? Ooh, I'm trying to think. This is old school. When I started reading, because I am a late bloomer, I didn't start reading until 2012. I fell in love with the On Dublin Street series by um, Samantha Young. And I love Jocelyn. She's from On Dublin Street, the first book. I just absolutely loved her character. She was strong, like sassy. She wasn't one of, she was just so strong and you just fall in love with her and her background and her story was just beautifully written but yeah Jocelyn from On Dublin Street is one of my favorite female leads I need to read some Samantha Young I've heard so many oh, good things On Dublin Street that. is probably it's in my top 10 favorite series ever like it's just so good Braden yummy. <laughs> <laughs> we love that so kind of moving on into your PR company so how did you get started with Next Step PR so like I said, we'll do a little backstory on me. Um, so I actually went to school to be a teacher 
and have a degree in education. And I was a teacher for a while. And I was a teacher who didn't like to read. I love reading children's books and things like that to the kids. I couldn't find my passion or find my book that really hooked me into the love of reading. Well, I don't remember the year that the Kindle came out, but that's the year that it changed everything for me. Um, I felt like maybe, you know, I give it a shot. My mom got it for me for Christmas and I found 50 shades and twilight. And I really, you know, got into those. And at the end of the book, you know, how it recommends, well, if you like this, you might like this. Well, I had no idea that this indie world existed until the, all that was happening. So then I found these books for a lot cheaper and then I got freebies and I would get recommendations and then I'd start signing up for newsletters. And then I was just plowing through books. Like I was reading three to five books a week, not bathing, not showering. I was so immersed in these books that it literally took on a whole new life form. In one hand, my family was so excited that I got reading, but the other was like, what's for dinner? Are you cooking today? Like it was, it was that bad. I got sickly addicted to reading and then reading turned into blogging because in 2012, 2013, when authors, you know, had these tours, they would say, Hey, I'm looking for ARC readers, blah, 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 blah. Well, I would go see if I can sign up for that. Cause I was like, what's an ARC? I want one. And it's, if you're not aware, it's an advanced reader copy. And they would turn me down because I wasn't a blogger back then. Now today, I feel like anybody's game to if you re- read and review. But so I was like, fine, I will go figure out how to be a blogger. So I put word out and this girl out in LA was looking for a blogging partner. She physically was videotaping how to blog, build HTML and literally just sent me videos. And I blogged for nine months. We would split it and I would do website things. She would do website things. And I absolutely loved it. I networked, got to meet all these amazing authors, work with other PR people. So then my brain was like, there has to be more to this because at this point I was a stay at home mom. I had a little guy at home and I was like, I want to make money and do this because I'm so passionate about it, about getting the word out, sharing these amazing books and just knowledge of this behind the scene indie powerhouse of authors that I feel like not many people knew about. So I did do another company with another lady because I didn't know the business side of anything. I was like, I need help. So I did that for almost a year. And then we broke ties and I created the next step PR in March of 2015. And I brought some clients with me. Um, I've worked with some big names. I've worked with just a range of authors. And then I've had a team. I have a team of like five right now, plus myself, I'm six. And literally I would be traveling to events. I was doing 13 to 15 events a year just to network and get my name out there, building my platforms, you know, I'm the face of the company. So people, you know, we we would go places. I need to make sure I was seen and heard because I had so much faith in what we were doing. And yeah, that's pretty much how we were born. And we are a company that merges with the times. So something that worked last year, even the year before, we're constantly changing our methods 
and ways and listening to the reader and the author and watching, you know, the trends. So like, I did not want to get on TikTok, but I had to get on TikTok. So, you know, that's a little bit about how I got into the business and I wake up every morning girls and I just love what I do. I absolutely just love what I do. Yeah. I think it's a very, definitely something the getting involved in the books and kind of being fully immersed in these worlds and just kind of like nothing else exists for a no, while. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. So I think, I think a lot of people can definitely, especially lately, you know, with people really getting into reading again because of COVID, right. You know, right. Oh yeah. We saw a huge spike during COVID. Holy crap. Yeah. It was amazing. Reading can definitely be a solitary activity, but with this community, it, it's become more of a, I guess, community thing. Uh, it I, is. It's skyrocketed. It really has. And more people are voicing, you know, their passion and love for books. And I was just talking to a girl, I think it was like a couple of days ago. She was just like, I wish we had some kind of get together in the state of Kentucky, because that's where I am, where we could just get together once or twice a year talk books, have coffee. And I'm like, yeah, people are starting to make those movements and meeting people in safe places, obviously. (laughs) So yeah, just so many people just like, you know, meeting Tatiana at a polycon and just the connections and just we're here for all the same reasons. And it's like, it's crazy how long books have been around, but I feel like people are proud of it. Like I'm reading these amazing books and I am so excited to share that with you because these authors are so truly appreciative. That's like one of the things too, when I started, I would reach out to them through Twitter. Twitter was my main form. I know it's dead in a lot of places, but I still love Twitter. Um, A lot of the authors actually would respond back a lot when I was tweeting about their book or I'm currently reading their book or I shared my Goodreads review. They love that. And that's how I made a lot of my connections too. So, I mean, I, I love that this community is just so positive. Yes, there are some dark sides. Yes, there's some negative sides, but I try to stay out of that bubble and keep myself out of that, which is my advice for everybody. Cause I feel like there's someone always trying to stir the pot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like, things have changed so drastically over the last even two years. It's so cool to see this community, like continue to grow and to see all, you know, amazing companies like you who are just like a bookworm that turned this into a passion. I think it makes it a lot different than, you know, like a corporate company because you have a passion for the industry and, and these books beforehand. And you love all that before yes. you kind of get involved. So what are the services you kind of offer to authors with your PR company? Um, We offer a lot. So I'm not going to go into huge detail. If you go to the nextstepPR.com, you can contact us. I'm one of those companies that I'm not going to give everything out, out online. I want you to take the steps to contact me first. And we give you like all our a la carte services. So we have different plans for different rates for different people. We work with all authors from children's books to picture books to steamy romance, mystery, thriller, any author can physically work with us as long as it works within our schedule. But we offer cover reveals, release packages, arc tours, net galley co-op. We do pre-order blasts. We have TikTok promotions. We have a debut package, a basic package, a full-time package, and an established author package. And I am so OCD. Everything has its own little like breakdown of everything. So, you know, specifically what you are getting, because that is what we pride ourselves on is 
this is the package you get. This is what you're getting for your buck. You do not get any more and you don't get any less. I also do coaching calls um, for the author who might not have the budget for it, but needs someone to push them. I go over calendar marketing tips, what platforms to really focus on and how to make the biggest bang for your buck for what you're posting. Because I feel like I see just too much, just noise and not enough posts that it's like, I feel like there should be less posting, but more like potent posts, like make that post stop and make the reader pay attention instead of, you know, five posts a day. You need to be posting when it's the most impactful for you of what you have to share as an author. I feel like there's just too much. I just swipe. I just feel like there's, I, I, it's just too much these days. And I try to teach that to my clients that when you're posting, make sure your posts mean something, you're getting interaction and you're, it, it's worth the time and effort that goes into scheduling, you know, your social media. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's really good advice too. And I feel like we were, we've talked about this a lot. I think as a community is like authors didn't realize that they have to do a lot of their own marketing now with the, the age of social media, but also I feel like a lot of them don't realize that there are companies out there like you that will do a lot of this for them. So I always like to, um, I would, I really wanted to ask that question because I think a lot of people don't know as, you know, like aspiring authors or debuts and things like that, like there are companies out there that can help them. And like you're saying, can do coaching calls and things like that if it's not in your budget. So right. that's really cool and good to know. We also help and coach their PA too. Okay. Because it just depends on the level of the author. Well, the level of the author, this particular author might have a PA and they might, the PA might do a call with me just to go over social media posting for the month. And we get that scheduled and done. So the author is taken care of. Okay. So we don't personally do any of the social media posting. The only mm -hmm. posting we do is on our own business platforms, but we are there to assist and help of what content should go on their platforms, you know, each month. Yeah. Awesome. That's really good to know. How do you decide like what clients to take on? Or is there, you know, any kind of qualifications or anything like that? Or is it just anybody that's looking? Um, I do have a naughty list that <laughs> I will not work with particular people. I always check the naughty list when they reach out. And I am 100% honest that I'm not comfortable working with some people. If they have a negative reflection in the community, I won't touch them with a 10 foot pole. But we literally have, I, I don't think I've turned away, but maybe three to five people in the eight or nine years I've done this. And the thing is social media lasts forever. So it's hard. I know people can flip over a new leaf, but as a business, it's a big risk for someone to take you on. I want to work with everyone. You know, we're just a small piece of this huge, huge puzzle. Um, but yeah, we look into your social media sites. We check out your following. We check all your hashtags. There is a lot of back checking that goes into it. And I send out a little email um, that requires them to send me all their links. And then we go check that before a phone call is made. Because normally a conference call is set up before booking services. Good to know. I wasn't sure because I know you had mentioned that you guys do every genre, but I just wanted to double check if there was like anything yep. in particular. 
for how you decide to like pick clients that you'll work with and things. We like give that. everybody a chance. Everyone. Yeah, that's awesome. Doesn't it's, matter how big you are, how little you are. Yeah. That's really rare to find someone like a company that does all of them at once and it isn't super niche. So well, awesome. and then the next step PR is our adult content. And then the next realm PR, I should have mentioned that too, <laughs> is our 17 and under, but our 17 and under is also for adults because a lot of adults enjoy YA. So when I say we're a site for everyone, just for safety measures, I don't want to, you know, 10 year old over on the next step PR site. So my son actually is the one who helped me create the next realm PR. He said, mommy. I want to do what you do, but on the kid side. So when we have kid books, him and I get to read and review them together. And he helped me create that side so children can read and review with their parents, aunts, and uncles if they wanted to. I wanted to have something, like I said, for everybody. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That's definitely awesome. I think a lot of times uh, adults especially can kind of be like, oh, I'm going to do this. This is what the kids want, right? And having that actual feedback from, you know, a kid and saying, no, this is actually what we want to see. And this is what we want to read. And this is what we're thinking when we're reading these books is very important. It's a very important perspective to have for sure. Yes. And I wanted to have that. I know the next realm is a little bit underrated. It's not our most popular. I don't promote it as much as I probably should but we're getting a lot of traction here lately with the children's books and the flip books and the board books, which I'm so excited for because I want it to be as equally popular as the next step PR page. So we are slowly getting traction. And it's like you guys said, it's just bringing awareness about us. And I appreciate you guys doing this so much because I feel like the more people that hear this, you know, authors, readers, because we want to work with them. We have, you know, authors we want to work with, you know, contact me by email. Readers that are listening to this and like, hey, I want to check out their books. You just go to our site and go to our signups and you can see every single signup that you can possibly sign up for because we work with readers, we work with bloggers, influencers, anybody that reads and reviews, we will work with you. And 90% of the time, unless the author gives us a limited arc, everyone is getting that arc. Yeah, because a lot of times you'll get these things. It's like, oh, sign up for these arcs or these things. But it's like, if you have a follower count under 10,000 or whatever, sorry, you're not going to get it. And it's like, that can be very frustrating. And I know a lot of people really work hard to build their following. I created Bookish with Kiki because of that too, because I still am a PR person, but I'm still a reader too. Like I wanted my own outlet and it's like the same thing. Like, yeah, I only have like 1200 followers. But yeah, it's like you're working just as hard, putting just as much beautiful content. And I don't know, I guess we're a company that like, I really listen to my readers a lot. And we were, I don't know if we are still, but we were one of the only companies that would work with readers. We were one of the only. And our reader master list is like up to 550 people right now, which I was really happy about that because I wanted the readers to know that Hey, we appreciate you too. And I almost sadly feel like blogs are dying. I don't feel like there's much blogging going on anymore, which is sad, but it's more of a visual market now. Everything's on Instagram or TikTok. That's where you're selling and that's where people are talking about things. And reels, reels have taken over the market. This episode is sponsored by Meet Cute Box, a themed date night box filled with unique items from small businesses all around the world. Every box is handmade and curated to fit you and your partner's preferences. Just take one short quiz so they find out all of your favorites and you'll have a new surprise box arriving at your doorstep every month. 
And this isn't just for people in relationships. There's a single state night box as well that's made just for you. So grab your book, snuggle up on the couch, and enjoy all the fun goodies included in your box. If you want to see what was in our first meet cute boxes, head over to our Instagram and TikTok page to see all of the unique items included in the singles and the Mad Libs date night box. Memberships start at $29.99 and each box is valued up to $100 and there's even an option to send one to a friend. If you're looking for ways to keep date nights fun or just need a night to yourself, you can try Meet Cute Box risk-free by visiting meetcutebox.com and use the code PODCAST for $10 off your first box. Be sure to check out Meet Cute Box on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok for more information. Yeah. What has that been like for you kind of making that transition um, as a company from, you know, working a lot with bloggers to kind of going to this influencing, you know, social media networking? That really didn't have a change in things because we already had a system in place for like readers blog. It, It was fine. The biggest change for us is we had to up our game with video content that we were sending out and making sure that we had Instagram posts ready for stories. We've had to increase what we're doing to make sure that we had the visual content and all the packets going out that they had a video or they had like an Instagram story size post. So when our packets go out, we send you available like imagery to use. If you don't want to make your own, we provide it for you. So we would have like Instagram images and then Instagram story images. We would have ripple videos. We have all kinds of different things happening on our end. Have you guys enjoyed kind of making all of that content or do you feel like that's been something that's was a little more difficult to kind of master? Um, for me, I love doing that stuff. I, since I'm at the top of the totem pole, I've had to give up a lot because I needed to teach, you know, so I've actually went back to, I make like all our sign up imagery. I make the videos, I do the ripples. So I, if, if I could just go in a hole and make images all day, I would love it. Like all the authors and the bluegrass stuff, I made every single piece that went out. And the only thing I didn't do is the countdown because I was at my, my capacity of things. And my colleague Colleen made the countdown images for authors and bluegrass. But yeah, the majority of stuff you see from us is made from myself and my team. That's awesome. Yeah, it can be can be a lot. And there's so many different ways to <laughs> promote yourself on their right. So, and it's also keeping, keeping up with the algorithm. How has that been kind of with the ever-changing everything that goes on with TikTok and Instagram? Because I feel like it's always changing and no one ever actually knows what's going on. I feel the same way. I never know. Like, it's just like, sometimes I'm like, I pray it sticks you know, just watching your activity and checking your stats on when people are active. Like I've been trying to like ingrain that into my authors. Cause like you said, so many authors don't realize how they have to market themselves. Like writing the book was the easiest part. And then they come to me and want to know how to market. It's like, you have to know your business. It's kind of like going to school. And I feel like I really am using my teaching degree to an extent because I'm like, okay, you have to do this step and you have to do this. And then you have to check your stats. You can't just throw a book up anymore and hope it sells. 2012, 2013 market, that's what happened. They weren't having to do all this. And it is a lot more work. But I feel like if you set, like start getting organized and organization is key you know, and getting organized, having calendars, knowing when you're going to post things, checking in once a, 
once a week on all your social media platforms, like getting in a system to teach yourself. And then I think it's just so much easier, but knowing your stats and when your audience is online is just very important. I feel like that's really important too, is like being aware of your audience and all those sorts of things and making sure you're kind of tracking and following that. What would advice would you give someone who's kind of looking to get into PR or looking to kind of build their brand as an author or, you know, just like as a reader trying to get into publicity and, and building that? Do lots of research before you get into it. Already have your plans in motion before launching anything. You need to have your website. You need to have all your social media. Make sure everything is aligned. Like my biggest thing with at the next step PR, that is our handle across the board. So when you're searching for your, you know, company, you can easily find yourself. That's my biggest thing. Even with authors, like if their handle on Twitter is different than Instagram, than Facebook, it's do not make it any harder than what it already is to find what you need to find. I feel like these are three different categories. PR, it's so hard right now in PR. I'm just lucky I am established enough to still be relevant. I see all these new PR companies popping up and, you know, I, I wish them all the best, but like to authors, like research, like ask the questions, ask the pricing, ask how many, um, what's your arc process. When you're contacting someone, don't be afraid to ask those hard questions because we should have those answers for you authors coming in. I feel like don't ever give up on your craft. I feel like there's room. There's so much room in this market. It's just, it is a harder market to sell today. And then bloggers and readers, I say, just follow your heart and your passion and whatever you're doing, your feel, your vibe, you know, just keep doing it. I feel like so many authors, there's more authors that are more appreciative and they love being tagged. If it's a positive post, no negative reviews or anything, because that's just poor taste. And, and just remembering that these are all businesses and being respectful of businesses, just like an author. It's just like going to a store or, you know, it's still a business. This is their bread and butter PR. This is our business. I might run it out of my room in Kentucky, but I'm still an established business. So I feel like sometimes people just forget And, you know, I just feel like people can stay positive, have fun. And I think that their businesses are going to be fine. And don't, oh, big, this is my biggest thing. Don't compare yourself to someone else. Don't do it. I don't know how many rabbit holes I've been down. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, stop, pull away. You're your individual self. You're doing just fine and be proud of that. Yeah, that's definitely a rabbit hole that that can be very easy to fall into. You know, someone else's journey is different than your own. And you don't know what they've gone through, what they've done, how hard they've had to work. They've worked just as hard as you, you know? So it's, it's just living your own journey. Right. (laughs) And it can be, it can be hard. It is. Well, I have to give myself weekly reminders because it's so hard to compare yourself to someone else doing the same thing you're doing, but it's like, you're on different levels. You're doing different things. You're running to your own drum. And I have to remind myself that because I'm like, it, it, it could be like, it is like you said, the numbers, you know, who's talking about you, who's not. I literally have to just tell myself, go in your hole. You're doing just fine. My numbers are just fine. 
That's so true. And I feel like that's the best thing to do is just to not like focus on those sorts of things and just realize like you're doing amazing and all the stuff that you're up to. And, you know, there's always something positive to look forward to in the future. So you had mentioned that you do event planning with Authors in Bluegrass and that kind of stuff. Are there any other events coming up this year or early next year that people can look forward to that you guys are hosting? Nope. I just do Authors in the Bluegrass because it is a lot of work and I am a OCD type A person. The majority of this, I'm doing it all by myself. I don't have a team like a Polycon. I don't have a whole bunch of people like Book Bonanza. Yes, my team helps me when I send them tasks, but 80% of this is me. And I'm doing the things and I only host it every other year because running a company full time and putting this on, it's just, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Are you attending any other events through the year? I know that you went to a Polycom with Stacy, but are you going to any other ones this year that people can maybe catch you at? Uh, not this year because I'm going to be so exhausted after authors and the bluegrass. I'm going to need a long, long break. I am going to the one in Denver in March that just was announced like a week or two ago. I have six clients going to that one, but really next year, I'm just going to do one because it's, I'm just like, I swear since COVID COVID has changed a lot and I'm just tired and peopling is exhausting. When I got back from a polycon, I think I slept for five days. Like I was only there for three days, but we did Washington and we recovered. But even after that, and I got home, I was so, so tired from peopling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know how I used to do 10 to 13 of these a year. I'm like, that's, I was crazy. But yeah, I know that there's a lot of great events. So if people want to know where to find out, you can go to Facebook. It's called uh, author events around the world. I was part of the very first creators of this group. Mindy, who does the talk books event is the admin. And there's a couple other girls that I've known for a long time that do that, but literally they have a spreadsheet. Once you join and the pin that's featured, it shows you all the author events happening around the world in the next two to three years. And I use that as a staple when I'm, you know, planning my stuff and, yeah. So that's a great resource for readers to just have and go look at because, and just telling people about it. So if you guys ever talk to people, yeah, go to author events around the world on Facebook group. And I know not everybody has Facebook and I'm sorry, but that is a, an amazing Excel spreadsheet. I think you could even maybe share the Excel spreadsheet because it tells you where, when, state, here's ticket links. It has literally everything you need. That's the dream resource for me. I love to travel into bookish events. So I love that. So can you tell us a little bit about Authors in Bluegrass? Just like an overview, yeah. if anyone doesn't know, and then we'll have some like more specific questions as well. Absolutely. So Authors in Bluegrass is an event that I finally took on myself. Prior to this, I had co-hosted. I have helped with many events prior to this because I couldn't take this on if I didn't know what I was doing. It takes a, a lot of knowledge and know-how to really, you know, put on a great event. My first Authors in Bluegrass was in 2017. It was April 2017. And we had 50 authors and we sold 600 tickets and it went off without a hitch. There was no bells and whistles. It was just a one-day signing. Um, the night before we did a meet and greet at Joseph Beth and then we signed. This time, this event actually is a COVID event. So it's been the biggest pain in my rear that there ever was because tickets went on sale January 2020. 
then COVID hit in March, 2020. So then we had to reschedule this event. It's been, it's been a thing. So then I had to reschedule for October, 2022. And this event is held at the Kentucky football stadium. And it's not actually on the field. <laughs> I actually had some people were like, do I bring an umbrella? How do I keep my stuff protected? I'm like, no, no, no. The football stadium has a convention center actually inside of it. And we rent out the top floor and then the bottom floor, which is the field club. So we ran out both those. We'll have authors and narrators on both floors and the vendors. We're kind of mixing everybody in. This event actually kicks off on Thursday, September 29th. And we still do have general admission tickets. That's the only thing left. And um, Thursday starts with the bourbon tasting at 530 at the main hotel. And then we flow into dinner at 730. And this is for the VIP blue ticket holders only. Then Friday, we have a VIP meat mingle appetizer cash bar and signing. And that will be held over at the event. From four to six, we'll meet and mingle. And then six to eight, we will send the authors back to their table and they will sign for two hours. And that is for the VIP blue and gold. And I think that's roughly around 200 people for that event. And then Saturday, our main event is from 12 to six at the stadium. And that's, you know, everyone will be at that. And then this is the first year we have food trucks outside in the stadium parking because the parking is like fabulous, free parking. So we're going to have food to offer this time around because last time I did it, we didn't have that option. They wouldn't let me do food trucks. So this time we got food trucks and I had to rent out four hotels for this event this time. We're kind of all over, um, but it's just such a fun event in Kentucky. And Kentucky has so many great other things that you can come in and go do. Unfortunately, the horse races are not in session until the following week. So we couldn't do the horse races this year. But yeah, we're going to have so much fun. We have 65 authors coming. I have nine narrators and I have nine vendors. So it's, it's going to be a good time in Kentucky. And again, it's Lexington, Kentucky, September 28th through October 2nd. And general mission tickets are still for sale on the website. That sounds like such a blast. <laughs> so how did Authors in Bluegrass begin? Like what made you decide to, you know, kind of create this event? Well, there really wasn't, I mean, there wasn't, there was events in Louisville, but that was like still an hour and 15, an hour and a half for me. I was like, Lexington is such a beautiful city. So there really wasn't anything. So I was like, I'm right here. I have the knowledge. I have people to help me. So why not just try your own? And I did. And I absolutely am glad I did because it's been so well received with readers, authors, like my list for 2024, I already have like over 300 authors on our interest list for 2024. Like we got all that information out now because I'm like, we can start building that for the next one. So like the vendor, author, narrator interest list is on our website. But yeah, that's kind of how it got started. Just really good interest. And I feel like Kentucky is such a great central location in the United States that I feel like we pull people from everywhere. We're down to 64 authors, I think. Kind of a variety across genres. Is this mostly romance, mostly contemporary, or just no, like all it's over a, the place? It's all over the place. We awesome. have contemporary, 
We have erotica, we have <laughs> dark, we have mil- uh, mystery, suspense, thrillers. Yeah, it's literally just all kinds of stuff across the board. <laughs> Paranormal. And like the attendee group is the best way to interact with the authors. And we have the attendee group, even if you're not coming this year and want to join the group just so you can learn, you know, come on, called attendee group authors and bluegrass on Facebook, but we do keep our website up to date constantly. So if you're not a Facebook user, you can always keep checking on the website. Like we have an information doc. We have a schedule of events doc. We have, you know, everything that you possibly might have questions for should answer, you know, the majority of the things. If not, then just email the event page, which is events at the next step PR.com. If you have any questions. Perfect. What is, uh, what's your favorite part about planning authors in bluegrass and having all that? I just love having an event at a football stadium. I think it's so cool. I, it's never been done. Nobody else has done it. And I think it's just so neat. And the funny part is, is I'm a Buckeye I'm not a Cats fan. Don't hold that against me. I will go to UK football games, but like people are like, oh, it's here. And I'm like, I just think it's neat that it's in a football stadium. The space is just absolutely beautiful. The the team that I get to work with, with UK hospitality is just, they're just absolutely great. I love working with Trey with Embassy Suites in Lexington Green. He has just been absolutely marvelous to work with for the hotel. And he has just went above and beyond to make sure that we're all happy, that the authors are happy, that we have the space and everything. Like I literally am just blessed to have such hospitality people who work with to make this such an effortless event. That that definitely makes it easier when you have people that are like truly excited to work with you. So, you know, running your own PR company, how do you stay organized and, you know, work to promote your different authors? I know you talked about organization is key, but how do you yourself stay organized? (laughs) To be honest, people ask me this all the time. It's like I'm a machine because I've been doing it. You know, when you do the same thing over and over and over and over and over, I literally just do it. Like, I don't even know. I feel like I have so many systems that have just been ingrained into my brain because um, I've worked with, you know, some clients that were just like, how do you know to do all this stuff? And I'm like, I literally don't know. I, my brain is just wired for PR and marketing now. Um, I do have calendars. I have reminders. If I didn't have my A-L-E-X-A, she would like, she keeps me I mean, she even tells me when to go pick up my kid from school because I'd forget him. So like I have calendars all around the room. We use Google Drive for things. I use later for all my scheduling of all our platforms. And it's it's one of our favorite uh, scheduling softwares. Having, you know, my team or my assistants and they send me reminders and I'm not perfect by no means, but I'm really good at like pre-scheduling stuff and drafts like I have like 15 of one email drafted. So if I need to go grab it really quick again and send it to a new client, it's already there. Content that we, you know, put together, we have mass copies of it on the Google Drive. Um, 
we've just learned so many ins and outs along the way that like now it's just ingrained into my brain. And I don't even, I don't even know how to explain or say or do, cause I had a, a very up there person and he's like, I need you to do this. I'm like, I don't even know how to help you because I just do it. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I know it's not the best advice for people, but I know calendars and having different things for different, like I have a family calendar. I have a work calendar. I have a release promotion calendar, you know, making sure that different things for what topic I need to cover. That's still good advice. Having a calendar is always great advice. (laughs) (laughs) Google Drive. Once people really learn how to use Google Drive, it's a lifesaver keeping everything organized and keeping our clients organized. That's how we organize our clients is through Google Drive folders. Yeah. Google Calendar is a a godsend. Whoever figured that out is doing everybody a favor. (laughs) Yes. Yes, definitely. So if you could go back and give yourself a piece of advice, if you were going to start over tomorrow, what would your advice be to yourself? Hmm. I don't know, because I wouldn't change my path at all. I feel like we're, I'm the type of person I was supposed to be where I was through my path because I wouldn't take back teaching for nothing. I love impacting children's lives. I wish I would have went for this sooner, maybe but then the Kindle wasn't out yet. So my, I think my biggest thing was when you look at the books you read, like go back to twilight, how thick some of those books were. And you're like, Holy crap. I read that. I think the size of books intimidated the hell out of me. And I just was too scared to read that because I didn't have the confidence in myself. I wish I had more confidence maybe as a reader to give it a shot and try but I don't really have any advice for myself. I'm really happy with the, the paths I've chosen. Um, I'm good. I really am. I'm, I'm happy with life. So That is amazing. I feel like that never happens. <laughs> so that's always really good to hear. And it's super fun that you get to kind of do something you love every single day. Yes. I love yeah. it. My husband has to pull me away. Like he'll be like, Hey, it's seven o'clock. Like on Mondays, I'll work 10 to 12 hours. Monday's like my long day because Monday coming off of a weekend, I don't work Fridays anymore because I'm the boss. I've been doing this for eight years. I was like starting last August. I took Fridays off. My husband's off on Fridays and we, my son, my youngest, who's four, he doesn't have school. So Friday is family day. We do shopping, grocery store, spend time together. So I only work Monday through Thursday and Mondays are just my long days and he'll have to come in and pull me away. And sometimes I do need that because I'm like, I could, if you're in the marketing world, you know that the market, you could go nonstop. I literally could work 24 hours a day, seven days a week because the market and all the things that you could be doing, you could be doing, but you have to find a fine line and just cut yourself off and then put a note. Okay. You're going to start with this first thing on Tuesday morning, or I would literally go psycho. Setting boundaries, I think is the biggest thing, especially when you're working for yourself and like working from home. And I think we've all kind of gone through that, but that's really good advice. And it's good to hear that you're able to do that for yourself and like set the boundaries and do those things. Because I think you start to burn yourself out, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And and then you start to like lose your passion for this. And that's like the most important part is your love of books. If you're going to run a a book PR company. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yep. Setting those boundaries and those lines. Um, I haven't been the best at it, but the last two years, I really have been trying to stick to those sticking to my guns. 
That's awesome. I mean, that was the time to do it and to like establish those patterns was during the pandemic. So that's really great. (laughs) Yeah. I think that was a lot pretty difficult for a lot of people too, especially like people that were working from home on top of like, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm at home. I'm at my desk. I'll just like type out these few emails. And next thing you know, it's like three hours later. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I think it can definitely be very important to do that. Yeah. Well, that is all the questions we have. Thank Thank you you for having me. I appreciate you guys so much. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Yes, girls. Anytime. Appreciate it. You can still get your tickets for Authors and Bluegrass. So definitely go check that out. And the links are all in the show notes. If you guys are not following us on Instagram and TikTok, we are at the Bookish Banter Podcast. So feel free to follow along there for all updates and announcements and things like that. Also, if you guys haven't had a chance to, definitely check out our Patreon page. Shout out to our patrons. They are absolutely amazing. It's so much fun to kind of chat about behind the scenes stuff. All of our bonus episodes are on there. Polls and some really fun things are kind of coming up and they're going to be the first ones to know about it. So if you guys are wanting to be the first to know about anything or you want all of our bonus episodes, etc., go ahead and check out our Patreon page. Next week is our interview with Jasmine Guillory, the writer of The Wedding Date, The Proposal, and By the Book. We just talked a little bit about her newest book coming out, Drunk on Love. That comes out September 20th. So keep an eye out for that episode. It'll be next week. And then the week after that will be The Secret Society of Irregular Witches. If you guys have any questions, any episode ideas, anything like that, make sure to always send us a message on Instagram or TikTok. And thank you guys again so much for listening. And definitely check out Kiki on Instagram and TikTok. We had so much fun. You're so amazing. I love you guys. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.